0: Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Vucek. I'm here with my good friend and fellow author, Tina, with her beautiful book, Fancy's Prison. Welcome. Hi, ML. Now, say your last name for the audience, please. It's, it's Fumo. Okay, I didn't want to butcher it. I'm the queen no. of butchering names.
1: No, that's okay. Most, so- <laughs> uh, most English people pronounce it Fumo, but in Italian it's Fumo. Okay. Awesome. Well, I probably would have gotten it
0: right, but it's okay. (laughs) So you have fancy prison out. What led you to, well, first, what is the book about?
1: The the book is a true story. It's about an ordeal that we went through in 2017, right after my daughter had given birth to a baby girl. And the situation was... Extremely stressful and confusing because someone had called a CPS on her, Child Protection Services on my daughter. Uh, we're not even really sure. Maybe claiming that she was a meth head or something, which just it just wasn't even true. And I dropped my life to go to my um, the neighboring province, uh, British Columbia to just be there for my daughter and try to get to the bottom of what was a very confusing and stressful situation.
0: So I'm I'm assuming everything is worked out now.
1: We, we got the baby back in 27 days, which as far as these cases are concerned is a very short, short time. Yeah. I can assure you though, ML, it was the longest 27 days of my life I can imagine we we just we just felt so exploited and we just felt like the social workers were not working with us at all and we just kept feeling throughout the whole ordeal not just those 27 days but up until about seven months when we finally got the whole situation uh, back in court again with the judge in our favor we just always felt like the social workers were up to, we just didn't know what their next tricks were going to be.
0: Well, we have a lot of problems with the social services network. I mean, you have so many, you have children that need to be taken from the home and don't. And then you have the children that are taken from the families that shouldn't be.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, and I can't for the life of me understand what the what that imbalance is all about. I know, for me, I want my taxpayer dollars going to that child who needs to get out of an abusive situation, uh, lifted out of poverty so that that child has Development opportunities, education opportunities. That's what I want my tax dollars going for. I don't want my tax dollars going to a case like our case where they really had no reason to be doing what they were doing. And all they were doing was hauling us into court and then coasting until they were just basically waiting for me to go bankrupt, trying to support my daughter. Mm -hmm. And they almost succeeded, quite honestly. I mean, it just ended up costing me every cent I had. I
0: mean, we're in two different countries. So, I mean, I can't say how it is in Canada. But here in the US, I know it's atrocious (laughs) atrocious how they have the network right now it's very lopsided very you have to you're proven guilty until you are proven innocent
1: yeah that's the same that's how I felt it's the same in Canada too we we felt like we were guilty and we had to pull together all of our resources to prove our innocence and we had to get back a child who already she she was already our child so why are we fighting to get back a child who already belonged to us
0: oh well, i understand it completely i mean i i know of a case here where i live this was a few years ago it's no back and forth in the court and this is years it's been in court yes. for years yes. um where the child was taken away from the mother mother is actually not a person that should be having kids, has since had two other kids taken, and the grandparents have tried to get the child and can't because the system says they are everything under the sun and there's no evidence to support that.
1: Mm. So the grandparents are like me. I had no criminal record, no drugs, no alcohol, nothing. Nothing, there was nothing Mm -hmm. preventing the child my granddaughter from coming going to me instead of strangers mm-hmm. going to me while we worked out this mess right and my response to that is they actually don't want to work out the mess they actually want the child in the system because the funding follows the child
0: exactly it's if you put a child into a parental unit that's within family then the state or country, depending on where you're at, then pays that family member, or they can pay a foster care family to take this child and may not be the best foster care. They do it for the money. They don't do it for the child. Not all foster cares are like this, but a lot of them are, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. I think that you bring up a very good point because when I mention to people about our case and about this book that I wrote, I still always, number one, I get this. Well, you know, I adopted kids and you know, their parents use drugs and Oh, well, so-and-so, you know, they, they fought to get their kids. You know, you know what? I, I wrote a book about our story. It's intertwined with our friend's story, who was our advocate. Uh, there are so many different scenarios and that is precisely the point of these cases is that you you can't approach them with a one-size-fits-all attitude how can you possibly approach what a child's life with that kind of an attitude that's Mm -hmm. ridiculous you know each of these and and they don't do that they everyone's guilty so it's a one-size-fits-all attitude Mm -hmm. and you have to prove your innocence And these cases, they need to be taken case by case with individual, complicated, sensitive circumstances with a child-centered model. That's what it should be.
0: Yes, we have to change the entire political system because let's face it, anything that's in government is a political system. So we have to change this one system for the betterment of the child, not the betterment of the country or the government You yes. have to look at case by case, not no two cases are the same. Even if you have two cases that are both the parents are horrible parents, they're into drugs, they're abusing in the child. they're whatever. There's still other factors. Does the child have family members that are not accustomed to that lifestyle? Is there people within the family unit it couldn't be in grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, cousin, older siblings. We have to do what's best for the child. Removing the child from the entire parental unit is not
1: always in the best interest of the child. I agree 100%. And it's, I, I call BS on three things in my book and my conclusion. Uh, number one was how they take the child as a last resort, in -hmm. other words, they go through all these different scenarios working with the family and it's the last resort. I, I, I saw no evidence of that. To me, it was like, no, actually, I think it's the first thing that they do to put a tremendous amount of stress on the mother and the family. And, and, and basically we're left, we were left to pick up the shattered pieces after they had intentionally inflicted that, Trauma on us. Uh, The second thing that I called BS on is the. Let let me think here. Now everything I put in my book, there was so there was so many details, but and it was hard to. There was so much coming at us. Mm -hmm. Uh, The uh, I called uh, BS on the fact that they work with families, and again, I just I, I like I I just saw no evidence of that at all. You know and. The uh, the final thing, I think that's what, what we were just talking about. See, it's a good thing I'm an author, because when I go off on a tangent, which I do often in this case, because there's just so many complication things. There I are. forget what I was talking about. <laughs> so so Wait, writing no. the book was good, because I could keep track of my points. <laughs>
0: exactly. That's what we have to do. I mean, put an author in one of these situations, you, we're going to detail everything. Yes. But at the same time, someone that isn't an author is going to be out there confused and going, I didn't
1: do anything. Yes. Yeah. Um, and trying to prove in a court of law on the fly how much they love their children. Mm-hmm. They, so, so I don't think that these cases belong in a court of law anyway, because that's too much power for one judge to decide mm-hmm on for one child it needs to well I you know I don't know what the solutions are I just know in our case it it just doesn't belong in court you're you're wasting the court's time you're wasting the judge's time court in my opinion and traditionally was always set up to uh, for criminals you know somebody's charged and and you go into court on the assumption that you're innocent and it's up to the courts to prove your guilt you know so if you're a murderer you have to have evidence, obviously the murder weapon and the bot, you know, all those things, but no, it's not like that with family court. Again, you're just to assume that you're guilty mm-hmm. just by the fact that you're in court with these charges mm-hmm. and you have to prove you're innocent. And and it's impossible to put on paper how much you love your children. It's impossible for me as a grandmother to To try to explain to a judge how much I love my grandchild and how committed I am to helping my daughter get through this ordeal. You can't, we can't put that on paper. No,
0: you can't. There's so many different little things you can't put on paper. What if the child is autistic? And I actually went through this with my own daughter. I had child support or child services called on me because they said I was abusing my daughter. She's autistic. So if I'm not watching, this is when she was little. If I'm not watching her constantly, yeah, she's going to get into things. So she ran her hands under hot water. Well, what does it do? It makes the skin red. So someone saw the red hands and said, I was burning my daughter's hands. No, my daughter was, it was cleared up in like a week. But at the same time, here's a doctor's she's autistic. She gets into things. There's some things that are just Mm -hmm. things that, you know, you have to show. And at the same time, an outsider isn't going to understand an autistic child. A outsider is going to judge you based on their perception of their own life. It doesn't mean that perception is correct. And it's up to us when we're the, uh, perpetrator in this to go with our innocence and try to prove our innocence. It's not an easy thing to do, especially when you don't have any any evidence of innocence because you
1: haven't done anything wrong. And and because the court system, in our experience, was incredibly Mm one-sided. Even if there was no, and I bring up this point in my book, I mean, one of the pet peeves, with my daughter and these drug allegations was that the social workers were getting tests, like they coerced a signature from my daughter. They got a urine test from her last month of pregnancy, which are routine uh, urine tests that the doctors usually do to check pH level. We're -hmm. we're guessing again, because they're not really forthwith with what they're, you know, where they're getting their information from. Mm -hmm. Uh, It came back clean. They did a umbilical cord test right after the baby was born. Mm -hmm. Again, clean. There's no evidence of her being a long time meth I'm not going to say the word because I don't want to say it, but a long time meth head. Mm -hmm. And then when I arrived there, they were using the impending placenta results to further their, like to keep digging for evidence. evidence to prove their narrative. And, and you know, again, I'm already confused. I'm like, well, isn't the fact that she's telling you that she's not like, she's never used meth. She doesn't really know what these allegations are about. She's never touched the stuff and she never will. Mm -hmm. Isn't that combined with the fact that you've already gotten her urine tests and her umbilical cord tests. There's nothing supporting that false claim why are we still in court like and 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 so it just seemed to me that they kept digging and digging and digging Mm -hmm. so and it was all them they could order these tests to be done on my daughter's placenta and have these tests sent out to the states and then while the impending results we were waiting to get them back they're planting all these seeds of doubt in me because what they're trying to do is get me to turn on my daughter like you know what have you been doing blah 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 you know So, and that didn't happen. like I, I was just like I was just so confused about their methods. and I thought I I Aren't you supposed to help families? Like, I, like, am I missing something here? You know, and uh, it's so one-sided, and yeah, it's something that has to be get
0: fixed. And we have to train our social workers to take a case by case scenario. Now, at the same time, we have to look at from a caseworker's point of view. They may have anywhere from twenty-five to hundred cases
1: per social worker. Okay, you're overworked. Yeah. And that actually let's so let's go back to this issue where someone phoned you Mm -hmm. on your child with autism, your daughter Mm -hmm. with autism, Mm -hmm. there's something in the public perception of oh, you know, if I call Child Protective Services, they'll sort it all out. You know, one thing, one thing that, oh, I, I you know, I need, need to be the good Samaritan and and protect this child and call in. One thing that unfortunately, I've learned from all this is that no, I pretty much have to be sure that that parent has yeah. you know, a knife over that child's body before i and i wouldn't actually i even wouldn't call child protective services i would call the police you know, exactly. if, I, if i felt that child was in imminent danger of being harmed i would i would phone the police yeah. yeah you have to look at the case by case as a person
0: on the outside if you're a teacher or someone that's there to um that you have to mandate mandatory call if you suspect okay do you have all your facts is there actually a case here if you're not a person and they do a pretty good job in schools doing this but if you're just a person like me and you and you are suspecting do you actually have your facts in order are you using your
1: own life experiences to cloud your judgment Mm, that's a good point yeah uh, I, I never even really thought of that because I was just going to add to that because what you're doing is you're seeing a situation and taking that one situation out of context mm-hmm. and then presenting it to, well, you know, I saw this and the mother's burning her child kind of thing. Whereas, right. you know, they're taking that out of context because they don't know well you know, there's right. and children have accidents. I mean, just because, just because a child, ends up in the hospital with a broken arm doesn't mean the parent abused them children fall off of swings and they and they break things you know exactly
0: how many times we're growing up in the 80s and 90s that we get bruises how many times do we get cuts how many times do we fall off the swings at school or have a crash with our bikes you know things happen if you're not you know we try not to have them do that now because that's not good ways to grow up but at the same time that's how we grew up what's wrong and
1: and accidents happen you know yes I mean I I have a we had a situation here with my granddaughter a couple of years ago where she we had gone out for Mother's Day brunch Mm -hmm. and she was a toddler maybe one even two years old and she was holding Papa's Papa's hand, you know, Mm because she was just this tiny little toddler, my husband's like six feet. Mm -hmm. And she just had a temper tantrum. And she kind of yanked her arm. And then all the all the while driving back, we noticed that she she wasn't herself. And she seemed to be favoring her arm. And she wasn't verbal enough to be explaining that something's wrong with her arm. But we figured it out just because she was seemed to be favoring it. Well, we went to immediately went to the hospital and took her in and then my husband was a little surprised about one of the questions they asked was when did she do this and it's like well like uh, like an hour ago or whatever you know and again they they just assume that oh this happened and we took a long time to report it right and this So and then another example is Suzanne, who factors heavily in my book, she was our friend and our advocate. And she helped us through this whole ordeal. I don't know what we would have done without her. But she so she had a friend or a family member, I'm not going to say who just to protect their privacy, Mm -hmm. where this same thing happened. And so when that joint comes out, apparently, it's called the nursemaid joint or something. Like the doctor. Yeah, the doctor had a a technical medical Mm -hmm. um, term for it. And so this associate of Suzanne's, the same thing happened to their daughter because she was prone to it. And as soon as at the hospital, the nurses were starting to ask questions and and then there was a a whisper of CPS in there, they Mm -hmm. immediately went to their lawyer you know, got the medical records to back up the fact that their daughter was prone to this, like a medical reason for it. Mm-hmm. And then they got the letter with the lawyer, everything all in writing and, be, and they shut it down before it went anywhere. And that right. unfortunately is the world that we live in now, because it
0: is, we are constantly as parents on the threat of having CPS called for the stupidest thing. It's the- not now if you go back to the 80s and 90s, when the child should be taken from a parent or even before that, you know, it wasn't there. Well, now we overuse the system.
1: Yeah.
0: We have to get back to a good balance.
1: And it starts
0: with first, we have to actually, one, are you actually seeing what you think you see? Two, is the child really in danger? Are you witnessing a temper tantrum or did the child actually go bike riding and heaven forbid, get a bruise or broken arm because they wrecked your bike. Mm -hmm. You know, there's things that you have to look at objectively and without bias before you pick up the phone.
1: Yeah. Well, I saw no objectivity at all. Uh, So so social work, and I'm not going to say all social workers. Mm -hmm. I think that there needs to be more training with the CPS. I agree. Is, we need, we need the, more training, yeah. but we also need more CPS
0: workers. How do we get more CPS workers is have it in the budget. Well, a lot of the cities don't have the budget to hire more, but at the same time, you're putting more cases on CPS workers. Mm-hmm. And out of the cases, maybe one or two in 10, there's actually cases that they need to take the child from the home. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So i'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna agree on that. I think that that there has to be a better way of reporting because I think that the model, the financial model right now is that the more children they have in provincial custody, the more money that they get. So as soon as they get the phone call, they're not objective at all about uh, assessing if the parent is truly. Um, a danger to the child what they're assessing in my opinion with my daughter they're assessing how isolated that parent is how lack you know how uh, little resources that they have how poor they have how exploitable they are Mm -hmm. they're not in my opinion doing any kind of objective investigation as to what is in the best interest of the child and Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to agree that we need more CPS social workers, I think that there are a lot of social workers that do a lot of fantastic work say with homeless kids because I worked on fundraising for homeless youth and I know that the social workers who work with a lot of these kids trying to get them into housing and, and, and whatnot, and, and one of the women I dedicate my book to, Mrs. Grant, she had a background in social work, so there are lots of great social workers out there, I think right now the CPS social workers need to understand and they just need to follow their policies that you 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 work with the family, taking the child is the absolute last thing that you, you, you do, you know, dismissing grandparents. I mean, why were they dismissing me? I was right there. This is ridiculous, you know? And it, like it it was just really, really confusing and, and a very, very stressful situation. And like I said, we were just worried that they had more tricks up their sleeve that, Suzanne didn't know about because she had far more experience dealing with them than certainly me. I mean, I was just out of my element. I just had no idea that, that the system had deteriorated to this point. So,
0: I mean, we take our freedoms for granted. And if we don't speak up against the freedoms that we're losing, because the government has all these things going on, then where are we going to be with our grand? Tr- 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 yeah, our grandchildren when they grow up where are we mm-hmm. going to be with our great-grandchildren what freedoms will they have or will they be living in a nanny state and we're going more and more toward a nanny state
1: than we are freedoms mm-hmm. yeah i i think i think you, that was kind of the last line of my book it's like oh are we gonna wake up in this horror you know dystopian world horror flick of where government owns our children and parents are reduced to baby making machines you know on like a conveyor belt of 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 uh baby making machines but i i do i am going to bring up another point though on what you said because if we so this happened for 27 days okay Mm -hmm. we got our granddaughter back circumstances happened that i think the social workers if you went and asked those social workers now if they would have you know objectively found something wrong with my daughter i think their answer might have been a lot different because in the end they saw what i was willing to do to stand by my daughter's side and how we we fought them and we won Mm -hmm. But one of the things that happens, and I mention it in my book is this thing called birth alerts. So it's the pseudo red flag. And I'm not really sure where it comes from or how it's administered, but my granddaughter for 27 days was in foster care. So she probably has this pseudo red flag on her, even though she was only in foster care for 27 days. So just think this through with me. So let's fast forward, you know, 20 years or whatever. She's, she's four years old now. So maybe 20 years, 24. Mm -hmm. She becomes a mother herself. She goes into the hospital not realizing this pseudo red flag is on her. And the nurses are like, Oh, well, we have to call CPS. So if we don't do something about this system, that's, That's the system we're going to. That's what we're looking at with my granddaughter. And that is unacceptable. Unacceptable. That is why I wrote the book. This needs to stop taking children away from parents who are trying and who love their children. My daughter was just struggling. She was struggling with housing. She was struggling in this horrible town she was living in. She needed to just come back home to Alberta where she had more support, more genuine support. You know, she just... (laughs) Like she just really was choosing horrible, crappy friends, but that's not a reason to take your child, you know. Right. So that was that was an easy solution. Just move her closer to home where she had supports. Mm-hmm. But it was the solution that we had to come up with. Their solution was take the baby. And right. And they did not care at all what it did to my daughter. They didn't care, not at all.
0: Well, we are almost out of time and there's so much more that needs to be said about this because it's not going to be a simple solution. No. And the governments across the board need to find a better solution. But at the same time, where can our listeners and our um, viewers find you to continue the conversation?
1: Oh, um, I have a... Well, first, buy my book. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's out on... It's out um, as an ebook right now, and we're just—I'm uh, just working on the publisher now to get it printed soon on paperback. So it can be found on Amazon. Just search "Fancy Prison" by Tina Fumo. Uh, my email is www gentlegiants.academia.edu so I'm gonna I'll spell that out for you so www giants so after we went through this whole ordeal I was just like I was shell-shocked this like this is war on families and I was extremely shell-shocked and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to do with the book was just help families give them hope and give them a sense of, you know, you're no, you're not crazy. Actually, the system is crazy. And these are some tangible steps, perhaps that will work with you. Mm-hmm. So I started a charity called Gentle Giants. Okay, so that's the website www.gentlegiants.academia. So that's the uh, platform. It's an educational pl- platform. And Academia. all these links to will
0: be in the comment section of if you're a Watching or listening, they're in the comment section. So you just click on the link or look above us, and the uh, website will be above our heads. We are almost out of time. So I do want to thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Ella. Sorry, ML. <laughs> it's okay.
0: You, you're well, you're very passionate about this, as you should right. be.
1: So, oh, messing yeah, up okay. my
0: name is fine really
1: I should have just called you Melissa from the start it's such a pretty name and you look like a Melissa yeah (laughs) how how old's your daughter now do you mind me asking she is 18 now
0: she's 18 now she's 18 she by year she's 18 in social skills she's eight in academics she's like 25
1: oh wow so she's a reader she is she's very she's very literal yeah
0: Yeah, so it's an eight year old trapped in a 25 year old's body or something like that. So, but yeah, she's my angel. So,
1: yeah, yeah, she would be. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But for all of our readers and our listeners, happy reading.